Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. From the path, coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. COVID clean for 14 days. Hey man, I checked everybody's temperature on the way in. All right. That's not true. You didn't touch me. I did a mental scan, <laughs> <laughs> like the Night of the Sentinels. <laughs> Obscure sci-fi yeah. reference. Did you grow up as a little boy in the 90s? Because then you'll get that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for hanging out with us so far. So we did hear on, uh, we asked on the social media whether you wanted more or less bacon. It was 100% one way. 100% uh, less bacon. Yeah, 100% less talk right. about bacon. Yeah, but Boo, was that surprised to you? I mean, a little, kind of not because of the content that people can expect from us, which is nothing. Uh, and then out of nowhere, we kind of come in slamming with two bacon posts. Oh, you think it's too like it's too much? People can't take it. No, I think they saw it coming. I think they th- saw it was a cheesy social media grab. And they thought, you know what? I'm not getting. I'm not getting involved in this. Yeah. This is cheap living. Yeah, it's false. Was, yeah. the, was the person wearing a burka? Yeah, less bacon. Less bacon. I don't know. You know what my daughter said to me? Uh, she was less she bacon. Was, she was picking up her peas with her with her hand. Right. I'm like, what? Why are you acting like a caveman? And she goes, Dad, the hand is the fork of the arm. Well, that's great. <laughs> I, thought, I just that can't argue deep. with that. That's, that's a t-shirt. Yeah. That is deep. That's fairly solid reasoning. Confucius so, say the hand is the ahead. fork of the arm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fork that the Lord gave I mean, Here's me. the deal. I did not think that it would be so soon in their life that they have bested me. But they have bested me. <laughs> I have speeches. I had nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, you, you did sharpen the stick, so yeah. it's kind of not surprising. Yeah, the, the hand is the fork of the arm, Dad. Well, eat away then. <laughs> I guess you're good. You win this round. <laughs> Apparently, we don't use utensils here as a family anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, fine. Well, I will figure out more ways to post some stuff that isn't bacon. Yeah. I feel like we've done a little bit of other stuff. Like we've got we've gotten like ten posts hey, on no, there. No, so I was listening back. Um, I was listening back on the on not last week, but the week before. And it, I mean, there were fifty quotes from that one. Yeah. That's hey. You remember I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about that I invested in in, in marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember that. that. <laughs> uh, hey. That stock is up 80%. No kidding. Now, yes, indeed. You asked me, you said, why would you do that? I said, because during the COVID, people will hoard it, and people will, will take to it, uh, uh, because they either don't know what to do with themselves, or they're getting wigged out. That's exactly what happened. Wait, so, so it's going to pan out? You're going to buy it at the cheap price and make instant money? That's what I did. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Wait, yeah. did you already sell? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was I, I was afraid it was going to take a dive, but however, the the economy as a whole went up uh, Monday, and so all boats rose. Uh, had a good day, had cool. a good day, boys. I tell you what, I listened back to that conversation we had about corporate America probably fifteen times this week. <laughs> of course, you did. Probably the b- b- favorite thing we've ever done in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was very excited about it. <laughs> really oh. interesting. You, you were really excited about it, and it was you arguing the entire time. <laughs> it was mostly me rocking it. Now, that's the thing. <laughs> that, that, I, I was think waiting it really for that highlighted to come my strong suit. <laughs> of, this of, stuff is gold. Of raging against the machine so, of corporate America. So, oh, raging against the machine. <laughs> yeah. Mike's or, on parade. Or that's Booba's nickname, the machine. He's basically part of the hierarchy. <laughs> I'm the machine? Yeah. All you want to do is kick out paper and rules. That's basically you. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, kind of. I can't deny that statement. Okay. So, so here's the question, because I saw this come up in a number of articles this week 
Um, and it has to do with the lasting effects of the uh, of kind of the, the shutdown stuff. And so, and, and specifically as it, as it relates to, to to people's mental state, um, feelings of and maybe this ties to that uh, marijuana thing, <laughs> but like feelings of of anxiousness, feelings of depression, um, maybe worry. And so, the, 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 I'm trying to figure out to, how to normalize what I'm reading. And so. I'm going to ask whether, fellas, this, this, any of this feels familiar to you, uh, not because in regards to the answer saying it's, it's good or, or uh, better or worse, whether it does or it doesn't, but I just, just to normalize it. Because like, I saw a lot of articles this week, and like, I haven't really run into anybody that seems to be having this. So maybe my, my question is to you, is, are, is, is any of this hitting you in that way, um, or, or, or people, anybody around you? And like, what has been the... Um, like in in what way and like how has it impacted you spiritually? Uh, you're asking, you're asking how the quarantine has. Affect- yeah, yeah, do you feel like it's hit you in, in any way? No. You say you feel like the same. Yeah, same z's. Yeah, I thought. Well, I see. All I can say is half positive things, and so it makes me feel guilty because I know it does not uh, hit everybody that way. Like, um, but like. Uh, it slowed the pace of life down a little bit, and I'm not so sure that that wasn't something that needed to happen anyway. Like I think people are longing to go back to something that was crappy. You know what I'm saying? They're like, I wanna, I wanna go back to like this fast-paced, uber-busy lifestyle where I didn't have time to be with my kids or talk to my wife or a thousand different things going on and like all these things that they were phony, right? They weren't true. They they helped to make people feel like they were important and great. But like it's man, I'm telling you what, Ecclesiastes, the preacher teacher says, here's all the things that 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 humanity will will point to and say this is what will make life great. And he stands at the end of his days and goes. It's all smoke, man. None of it was actually true. And I think that that some of the quarantine stuff has been a little bit of an equalizer for me that, like, proves some of that out. All the stuff that you thought you were involved in and was important and you had to do. And not to say that, like, some of our community-based stuff where we get together just as people enjoy enjoy good food and good people and good drink and, and the job you've been given to do. And and that's the, the, the simple, straightforward. Um, missing out on those things is uh, not what God designed. Right, he designed those things to be good and to be helpful to us, right? But like some of the other crap, uh, it can certainly go. And I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of folks that are feeling anxious about getting back to something that wasn't good for them in the first place. You know what I'm saying? That actually wasn't doing a net positive uh, to them overall. So, and and not to say there's not cases where people have been forced to be quarantined and not see their friends, not see their family. I'm not saying any of that stuff's any good. Um, but like, if you can look at more the holistic thing or the or us as a society thing, and say individuals are going to take this hard, but as a society, I don't know that we couldn't have used to slow down a little bit, and not find ourselves so important, and go, hey, uh, maybe we can just ease a little bit. Try a, try try instead of having two hands full of toil. Uh, maybe maybe just one handful of quietness, you know. So so I, I guess impact number one for Mike for you is um, uh, we may have learned to to stop double fist and toil. I did. You we'll did. put it that way. Okay. I can't speak for everybody or whether it's good or bad or indifferent, but I know that like uh, I'm generally a two hands full of toil guy, and um, I, I think that's a mistake. And so uh, and and maybe I've been trying to look at things a little bit differently to make sure that I don't end up as soon as this thing starts curving out. Or whatever it's going to do, that I don't end up with two hands full of toil again, because I, I I just I, I don't think that's right living. Yeah, I don't know, Dan. Yeah, I um, I think I I have been mostly like disappointed in how this has become so 
stinking political with people. Like on whatever issue it is, like they like they've drawn the line: mask, no mask, stay home, don't stay home, work. You know, and and people are like angry at each other, just in social media, which has been the case anyway. Yeah. you know, with things, but it's like really even in this. You know, we, we, we've allowed it to divide us politically. It should have nothing to do with politics. You know, it, it really, it should, can't we just as Americans say, hey, we're trying to figure this out. And I suppose that that's where the politics comes is what do you do about it? But that, that's been disappointing uh, to me. Don't you feel like what they've asked of us? I feel like we're doing, be- we're doing better than I thought we would, right? I thought there would be a solid upstart rebellion of people that are like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to go in the in the hobby store without my mask and you're not going to stop me. Right? Like I thought there would be I think I think people for what was asked of them, I think they tried and I think they gave yeah. it an effort. Now some are going to say that wasn't enough and some are going to say they're selfish anyway, but like to be honest, I just expected 20 to 30% of the population to be pistols and yeah. be like, "You don't tell me what well, to they do." Are. They are in some areas. So we we live in a pretty open state compared to like the rest of the country yeah sure a lot of my friends are in kentucky and ohio and 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 out in that area where they're just like shut michigan and, and you know they're having protests and stuff out there and 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 the, the it's becoming a big clash of will between people then then yeah that's just disappointing me yeah. i guess i don't know if that's answering your question i can't remember what the original question was but it didn't affect me a whole lot I went to Home Depot like every other day because we were doing a big three or four projects, you know, uh, here at the church and at home. Uh, Do you think that because I was I was reading an article earlier this week, actually, to your point, Dan, um, that like I can only see how this is affecting me from my social class. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So like uh, there are there there are are portions of America that obviously are. Uh, you know, lower income bracket have a certain amount of discrimination against them anyway, and and like things that I'm not taking in, right? And so I don't know that I that I'm that I can take that in wholly anyway from mm-hmm. uh, sources. You, you know, do and, tattoos. Right. You're not important. Right, right, right. We're right. closing you down. Correct. I got to feed my family. Correct, yeah. correct. And so yeah. like you know, and like I mean, I know people that 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 do tattoos and hair and and like and I get it. And they're all you know and and struggles. I know low income wage workers that work uh, convenience stores, and you know they're getting their hours cut and like all this stuff. And so like, um, if 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 we're gonna talk about it straight, let's let's just make the point that like what I'm what I think Dan and I are saying is like the question was asked. How did it affect us? And we're talking from our social class, my and, little circle, my and little our world. perspective. It yeah. is not a sweeping. Hey, man, I, I'm glad this uh, these guys are out of work, or you know what I'm saying. Oh, I'm, no. I'm glad yeah. they're suffering, or whatever. That's not what we're saying. I, I I think we're just saying like from from our seat in this in this life of socio or economic standing. Th- this is what it's what it's like for us, right? Not to say that there's not broad sweeping things that are causing people. A, a horrible de- depression and headache and anxiety about money and what they're going to do and like I totally get that but like um, I just and this goes to your point about the social media thing right like I answer this simple question and all of a sudden like it can be easily painted that I just care nothing for how it's affecting other people and, and like I, that is not the case at all right um, but I, I think social media is really lacking the ability for people to breathe yeah. Right. And to say, here's how it affects me, as long as you're asking, you know, that doesn't mean it's true for everybody or that I don't care about how it affects everybody else. But like, I can honestly only talk from my perspective. That's the only one I with that I can talk with and be real, you know. And so, like, I can fight for the plight of people that I think are probably taking um, uh, the brunt of the way that the shutdown is working. And I think there is a good chunk of 
of our our blue collar everyday you know working 10 hours a day workers that can't go to work and they can't feed their family and it's driving them nuts yeah and like there's no way i can't see that that is a terrible thing to happen to them i just can't speak to it because i'm not them mm-hmm. right and so like if, if i'm gonna frame this just real quick before dan and i turn into jerks in front of everybody <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i, I think well, that's only fair well but uh, that's the, that's the things i suppose one of the things that the that conversations lack is is the grace of context right right so like um and i don't know i'm not sure what the motivation is for it to be honest like if you give people if you if you start with some basic assumptions that this person is not like is is speaking from their own perspective as opposed to claiming to have all perspectives because like that's really what it is a lot of times people will react to something that somebody says uh as if it is intended to represent all wisdom like i'm limited to my own perspective i cannot live in your body i don't get to see with your eyes and so i like the only way we mutually benefit from each other's perspectives is to be able to share them and then sort them out and have say, an adult conversation. That's right. It yeah, might, it yeah. might take, actually, there's a friend of mine who talked about this earlier today, is that like one of the, one of the hardest things I think in this, in this particular situation is trying to recognize uh, to, how, how do you deal with real fear that is real, even if the thing that is driving the fear may not be relatively, um, may, may not warrant the amount of fear that exists. You understand what I'm saying? So like, uh, it's like um, I'm going to give a, a crude example, or like a or like a a one that doesn't quite represent the situation. Then we'll go from there. But it's like someone saying, "Look, I'm I'm like who's scared to death that a car is going to spin off their cul-de-sac and run into their house, mm-hmm. and they're just freaked out about it all the time. And they're totally they're legit scared that it's going to happen. Now the chances of it happening are super low. But they read an article in Michigan it happened once. Yeah, and and then and they see? and they see the car yeah. come by and yeah. they're legi- and they're legit afraid. Now. It's you can recognize that the fear is real, and it, and not completely unfounded, uh, but just ballooned. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It's it's it's. I don't want to use the word exaggerated because, like, again, I think you can pull that off wrong. But like, the, the the question is, is like when we look at the situation we have, we simply don't have one enough enough information, and like even information can be misleading, right? Like you go to three prime sources uh, reporting different things, and it's not the same, and they're. There's it's 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 not because humans aren't trying and it's and frankly I don't think in general that it's people trying to manipulate I think it's just we we have a big thing and we're trying to collect a lot of data and people are trying to make decisions off it and people have people like to have their narratives affirmed and so like if you think this thing was going to be the end of the world you're going to grapple on to the to the to the numbers that otherwise lead you to believe that and the graphs that represent it if you think think this thing was a nothing burger and everyone's overreacted. Uh, then you're gonna you're gonna land uh, and, and grab onto data that otherwise validates that, um, and that's the problem. Is like although I I really do think you have to rely on data, the the chance that you actually have a complete set of data and unbiased eyes looking and reporting on it is super low. Mm-hmm. And so and so what's a what's a fallible human supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Right, and so that's the thing is like almost everybody who is not themselves assumes everybody else is a jerk. Right, that they're trying to spin it one way, and like, and 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 I, I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe that there's just a good, almost everybody I've talked to anyway, out and about in the lands, uh, have said, I don't know what to make of this thing. Like, I'm, I'm doing my best. I have an inkling that I think it's this or I think it's that, but like, 
Honestly, man, I just have no idea. I don't know how to process any of this. I don't know how to do what's best for people who need something, and I don't know how to how to get this other group of people that if we do what's best for these people, if we do what's best for the immunocompromised people, it puts everybody out of work. So now what do we do? Like, I, I, and 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 it's it's trying to set the struggle of society within one man or one individual and saying pick a side now or you're terrible mm-hmm. or you're just terrible and and like it's it's hard to do right if you actually care about people which i think on the whole most people probably do nobody wants to see other people get sick i don't want to be responsible for that i don't want to contribute to it i want everybody to be well but i don't want people to be out of job and not be able to feed their kids that feels bad too and then and then everyone's like pick a side pick a side pick a side otherwise i hate you Okay, right. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't want to be hated. That's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. don't know what to do. And so, and, and, and I think that, that, that will irritate both sides who like, who really want you to pick a side and say it's all this. And like, once again, to be 100% honest, I'm not sure 100% what it is. I've, I, I know the things I don't want to be a part of. I know I want to be, I want to be part of good things. Right. And so like, uh, if, if, if there's a sweeping thing that shuts down governments and restaurants, I'll find a way to buy stuff from restaurants, even if I probably shouldn't, because I'm lucky enough to still be working. And so I'll figure something out. And if I don't have to, if I can't see my immunocompromised friend for a couple, three weeks more, uh, because that's what's right, then that's what's right. And we'll do that too. All things are up, uh, as an option to me. But I find it hard that, like, I can't barely even get through my, my social media stuff without feeling like I'm being shamed for some reason mm-hmm. because I haven't picked one of the big two chess pieces on the board, you know? Yeah, I think that's that, that, that's the thing is, is is we're even to the point where, and I think, Dan, this gets to your that what you were saying, is that, like, you can't even, um, you can't even ask a viable question right. anymore, right? Like, like right. how would you, like, there's, there's a premise that, like, how could you ever doubt that this thing was orchestrated by a shadow government who's looking to cue you, your children, and your dog? Or how could you possibly doubt uh, that, that this thing uh, is, is, is going to destroy absolutely everybody and that you need to lock yourselves in your basements? Like, like, you, like you don't even – people have – it's just such a wild thing, the things that people have confidence in. The one thing we know that we have confidence in is the least tangible thing in this world. I cannot grab a hold of the robe of Jesus Christ right now, but I am the most confident in that. The thing that everyone else is grabbing onto that they're super confident in is data they don't own, is, look at, is, is looking out your window and guessing how the rest of the world is. Every, everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I swear. Like, there's, there's, there's a very small part of my social media population, but the people who are like so uh, – I don't go anywhere and this thing is just going to go away, which has never been true about any disease ever – are the same people who have who have actually at least faithfully done that, except for they don't recognize that, that like to Mike's thing, like the stuff places are packed. Menards are packed. The only time I saw Menards is uh, the, the the crowds of Menards go down is when they went to Lowe's because they didn't want to wear the mask that Menards That's required. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been walking into Menards three different times and had people turn around and leave and said, "Look, I'm going to Lowe's." Right and whatever, Menards gets to do what they want. They're a private company. I don't right. care. Right. Uh, and people can go to Lowe's if they want to. But like this, this, this. Like when you when you put yourself in the mindset of a doomsday, that's what it will look like to you because you actually didn't go out anywhere, right? And you're getting uh, and you're getting news that like again, I don't, I don't, you're not getting a fair shake from the media. But I will tell you this is like some of that's on you because uh, as a, as a culture, as a people, we want thirty second sound bites. Give me the news. Give me thirty seconds of news so that I know what's going on. I'm like, you can't tell this story in thirty seconds. Don't no. care. Hurry it up. This is a six hour story. That's that's right. This is a comb through kind of operation. Yeah, you stopped reading. You stopped reading magazine subscriptions. Okay. You stopped uh, watching sixty minutes. 
You stopped listening to Dan Rather for extended news segments. What you wanted was, give me the hits, play the hits, text it to me, tell me when it happened. And you're like, the media is misleading me. Whatever. I, I'm sure there's some uh, – there's, there's media folks that have bias. They're humans. But I will tell you this, is that it's time. Time is the limiter of context, right? And so what are they going to go for? What happened? Who died? Who reacted? Probably going to ask the president. You're going to hate or not hate what he said. Great. Even on social media, it seems like a lot of people don't even actually read the articles they're sharing. They just mm. like the headline. Yeah. Look at this. Like, I don't have time to read the article, it's but look at this headline. It's easy to write the word this and an exclamation point and go, this. Yeah. This yeah. is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually read it, to be honest with you, but yeah. it seemed like it was pretty in my corner. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so that, that's the thing is that, like, it's, it, it's just so odd. Um, I don't ever write anything on social media with an exclamation point that has anything to do with anything outside my family. That's the thing. There you so go. That's, there's a start number one. And, but but like for all the complaints you have about the about the world around you, just recognize that you are a contributor. You are not innocent of this. I actually don't take my news in that way. I don't get. I don't allow news to be texted to me. Uh, I don't. I don't tend to con- like. I don't have any opinion on on something unless I've read the full article. And I might scan headlines, but like I don't. I don't form an opinion until I've read something. And, like, even then, I know I got a short form. Somebody online at the editor's desk goes, look, too long. Mm-hmm. They're not telling me a whole story. And they can't reasonably tell you everything. I get that, too. I read three articles on the same topic, uh, probably the most liberal side I can find, the most conservative side I can find, and something that seems like it might sniff in the middle. And then I, then I try to sort it out. I'm sorry that, that like, the world doesn't come to you on a silver platter where truth is readily available, but it's dodgy. And here's the thing it never has. Uh, there's no history books that says that's promised to you. Right. Uh, the Lord God had written a, a, a book of how his humanity is going to work and the way his creation is going to go down. Not once did he say, it's going to be honest all the time. You're never going to get bamboozled by anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like It was pretty straightforward that the way this life is set right. out, like you're expecting something that's never going to happen. Right. We, we look out at the news sources of a fallen world and go, where's the truth? Where's the integrity? <laughs> where's the integrity? <laughs> Tell me more about the smoke. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so the hardest thing, and, and this is true in our current culture, this has been this way for 10 years, maybe longer, is that like we're, not, we're talking about conversations that we can't even have. Not just what do I believe, but conversations that you're not even allowed to have. Do I think it's totally acceptable for someone to go, look, something doesn't, doesn't seem like it's adding up here. Okay, why do you think that? Certainly there's questions where someone can answer, and if they can answer them, great. Hey, this adds up. Like the, the same – yeah, sorry. I, I'll, I'll spend too much time on that. But like, the, the point is to say is that like, um, there is pressure. There is pressure to give in to false narratives. There's pressure to give in to shallow narratives. There's a pressure to make up your mind on something that is not of kingdom consequence that people will want to tag you with. And I'm asking you to resist the pressure. Yeah, stop it. You, there, is, there is nothing to gain but the appreciation of a fickle one-third of the world. On either side of that equation, yeah, and like and now here's the deal: they might be upset with you for not taking a, taking a taking a side. Fickle one third of the world, or now two thirds of the world, because you didn't pick either one. You're okay with that. You're we're on the side of the kingdom stuff. There's things I know for certain. There's things I'm going to hold very loosely in in my left hand as a human, and know that every other human doesn't know it either. And so, like, if you can't live in that paradigm, I'm going to beg you. I'm going to beg you to shut off the TV for a while, only read scripture for thirty days for at least two hours a day, and then now you refocus your life and say, what do I actually care to take in here, and who am I letting feed my head with how I need to make decisions in my life? Because you can't stand up to that worldly pressure to, to fire a gun that you don't know anything about. Uh, th- then you've got to shut it off. You've got to take yourself out of it completely.
Now, I'm not sure that's making me anxious because I think that's always been true. I think this is, frankly, yeah. this is just a different arrow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, like, but so so I think here's the thing, though, is if I look in the room, um, uh, well, well, Buva, let's finish it out. Related to COVID, how are you feeling? Oh, man. This, this is going to be rough. Has it not done your hygiene any favors? Uh, apparently not. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. <laughs> but you're looking fine. Thanks, Dan. This That's is, exactly the opposite of what I was getting super, at. <laughs> this is super confusing. His eyebrows are out of control. Juxtaposition of I'm feelings. the third that says you're looking fine. I mean, I just got to smell bad and I look fine here's, in the same Okay, I'll fix this, Booba. Here's, here's what they're Give trying to get neutral. at. Give me some neutral. Here's what they're trying to get at. If you were at a Renaissance fair. Yes. <laughs> and yes. they were casting the role of Little John. Uh-huh. And you had a turkey leg. <laughs> yes. No, no. Oh. They, were, they were casting the role... Uh, of of little John, I follow. Uh, that would be you. Interesting. Okay, yeah. thank you. I find that to be a neutral comment. You take that how you wish. Yeah, <laughs> that is a fairly <laughs> specific and neutral comment. You're correct. There you go. Um, so ah uh, man, it's been rough. It's actually been super rough on me. Um, in comparison to the two of you guys that are just sitting over there, yeah, feeling good. living it up, water slide style. <laughs> living it up, water slide <laughs> slide style. Um, so. Uh, I've had to stay away from a lot of my support network because of this, um, which kind of sucks because I rely on that a lot, actually, um, for uh, for just daily stuff that I battle. Um, my, uh, uh, my brain doesn't really do good in places of high anxiety or high um, stimulus of, of, like, of craziness, and that's kind of been the exact climate that we're living in for the last two months now. Um, I, I've had to... I've had to really focus on my relationship with Christ more than ever in the last couple of months because I recognized like the the stimulus that I was taking in was social media, was uh, news outlets, was what other people were saying, was you know announcements from governors and presidents and all kinds of stuff, and then things that I would hear that would kind of trickle in internationally from my friends kind of all over the world. Um, and so it's it's it was just crazy to have this constant flow of content that was alarming and i've heard a lot of people stating that this is a worldwide traumatic event um has been some of the verbiage that i've seen used a worldwide traumatic event and i partially agree with that to an extent um that doesn't mean that everyone is experiencing trauma from it and it doesn't mean that everyone's in a bad place because of it but it's it's a stimulus that all of us are feeling whether good or bad that has the potential to manifest as trauma eventually, right? And so I'm, that's been hitting me hard. Um, and as someone who's had traumatic events in his life over and over again, um, it, it's just been something that when that high alarm hits me, all that does for my brain is put me back into a state where I'm in, you know, inflamed mode, if you will. My brain is kind of like trapping itself, right? And so... Um, that that's the reality of where I'm at. Is it, it's a it's constant barrage of of alarming content. So, and 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 so in general, uh, this it's happening not only because of kind of the uncertainty of the news, mm-hmm. the impact, either empathetic impact uh, on people around you. Right. Um. Your job was impacted. Yep. Um. And you also have isolation related to you just can't be around some of the because of uh, health issues. Exactly. You can't be around them. Uh, and then in whatever you've got, then there's just the things that you're working yeah. on anyway. Yeah, like I was supposed to have seen my fiance by now, and we had to cancel that because 
uh, of this stuff. So it's been months since I've seen her when I had plans to see her a month and a half ago. And I haven't been able to see my family because there is a lot of immunocompensation uh, compensation in that family. And so I've been quarantined from them. Specifically, I can't go to their house. So like I wasn't able to see my mom on Mother's Day other than like I stood at her gate while they were all on the walkway, you know, 10 feet away from me. And it was... I, I, I liked the fact that I was able to go and say hi, and uh, but it broke my heart because, like, I'm a physical guy. I like hugs. I like physical affection. That's kind of what I do. Um, and this is going to be my last Mother's Day in town for quite a while. And so uh, I, I, was, I was worried about missing out that opportunity, right? Like, it's small things like that that just kind of keep going over and over again. Now, what I can tell you, though, is... Um, this has been one of the best times for me to re uh, reaffirm what my identity is and who I am in Christ. And that's what I meant by changing the content that I was, you know, focusing on. I'm listening to podcasts more than I ever have, um, staying away from as much TV as I can and reading my Bible every single day for almost a month now. That's the longest period of time that I've gone without missing a single day uh, of jumping into the word. And it's been phenomenal prayer every single day, multiple times a day. It's been crazy. And so I had to react in that way, or I feel like I would have fallen fairly far um, into some bad stuff because I've had to, to keep fighting daily. I'm just like, no, 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 I can't, I need to go to, to where I know my rock is and my, my rock is Yahweh. And I recognize that. And I've had to stand on that. That that's been my level ground, and so it's been it's been crazy from a mental trauma place, um, but it's been constantly battled with my my uh, strength through God and and my relationship with Him, and so it's been it's been nuts. And so there's a lot of people around me that have been feeling this kind of stuff too, and um, I've been able to be I've been able to be a witness to people that are close to me in random ways that I've never been able to because they all know my story. They know who I am and they go, why are you calm? Like, I don't understand why you're okay for the general part. Like I still have my times of like, Oh no, the world's on fire. Uh, but like every once in a while I read a Psalm and then my brain calms down. Right. And I've been able to look at them and just be like, Hey, here's the deal. You know, the, the, the world is chaos. It is absolute chaos, whether that is from a a virus, whether that is from uh, global panic, whether that is from media-driven fear mongering, whether that's from government-led fear mongering. The world is chaos. God isn't. He's 100% peace and joy and love. That does not change. He has not moved. He's not fearful of any of this. His identity wasn't threatened by a virus, and it wasn't threatened by a, a pandemic. He has stood eternal and completely in charge. His, his sovereignty has not been threatened in any way, shape, or form. And so I have, I have a rock that I can stand on that cannot be shaken and cannot be moved. And so it was, it, it's been a, an amazing experience for me to be able to stand on that and when everyone else is in turbulent water, they can look at me and go, Where, where's that coming from? And it gives me an opportunity to tell them, dude, it's Jesus. It is Jesus as my king and as my God and as the one who came to earth and was killed for my sin that I can stand upon and be held by. And I don't have to worry. He's alpha and omega. He's beginning and end. He is uh, immovable. He is unshakable. 
He is completely sovereign and reigns supreme. And that's been something that has been crazy to be reaffirmed over and over and over again in the last couple of months. And it's been such an awesome experience uh, for my relationship with him because it's been, it's been a trusting moment for me to where, you know, it's one thing to trust God with small stuff. It's another to trust him with, Lord, I don't know if I can get out of bed today. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can stand up today. I don't know if I can talk to people today because I'm so scared. I don't know how to move, but I'll move because you allow me to and, and give me the strength to do so. I had an epiphany like two weeks ago which in, in Scripture, which it's kind of embarrassing. I don't have them very often anymore because, you know, you've read it so many times. Right. Like, yeah, I know this story. And I don't even know why I was reading Ezekiel. But I went to Ezekiel, and uh, mostly because I was like I blew up my, my sermon calendar, and I thought, I need something, uh, you know, randomly picked Ezekiel. Right. And, and so I'm just doing the, the study, the background study. It's been a while since I've studied what was going on, the context. And I'm looking at this, this guy who is taken out from Babylon in the first captivity. You know, he's with people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel. Ezekiel's probably about 25-ish when, when, when they invade. And he's, he's in the priestly family, right? So his whole entire life, he's planning to be a priest. I mean, he just knows it. He's from a boy. Someday he's going to be a priest. Who knows? Maybe he'll be the big priest. You know, I mean, you know, all that stuff that goes through your mind as a boy growing up. But I want to be a priest. But now he's taken into Babylon. And in Ezekiel chapter 1, some believe it could be his birthday or at least he's 30. He's 30 years old, which is the year you officially become a priest. Right. So he spent his whole life waiting to be a priest. It's now he's 30. He's sitting on the bank of like a, a irrigation channel. And he's just like, I, who knows? Maybe he's contemplating like, crap. I mean, look at my life. It just blew up. I can't be a priest. I'm not in Jerusalem anymore. Right. You know? I mean, I've been we're in captive. I'll probably never see Jerusalem again. Uh, everything's horrible. Life is terrible. The world's crashing. And then he sees the big vision of Ezekiel 1, you know, with the, 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 the creatures and, and the, the, the throne and, 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 you know, this, this just fantastic picture of god and brilliance and lightning and all this stuff and and it takes him to his knees and and, and the epiphany i had was somewhere in there it, it it hit me that the big revelation i have i think to ezekiel that moment was wait holy crap this can't be happening because this isn't jerusalem god lives in the temple what's he doing in babylon <laughs> you know and like it, it it changed his life like no i can be in babylon mm-hmm and serve the living God of the universe. He's alive, and he's right in front of me, and he's addressing me. Um, and that was just like this big moment of life gets ups and downs and crazy and, and, and all kinds of, you know, God moves in this stuff. And he's alive, and he's active when you least expect it. And, and, and even in a pandemic, when we're laying around going, you know, this isn't what I expected. You know, I want to see my fiance. I want to, you know, my, my, my business is crashing. My what, things are, are terrible. God's still in the middle of it. And, and, and um, he, he's very much alive. We may or may not see him, but he's there. And it, riding that same crazy chariot God thing that he is on. <laughs> uh, and, and he's still alive. And, and I don't know, that was just so cool for me to like, it just kind of like this light bulb came on. It's like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not doing church in a building right now because we're all in homes on the internet. God can't move there. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, yep. uh, life as I know is so much different right now. He's like, I got it. 
You know? Right. I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm and still I, on the throne. You want to see my throne? <laughs> <laughs> hang, no, it, hang up by the channel there, buddy. <laughs> I'm coming. It's interesting because that's, that's kind of the same thing that, that we were talking about last week in Revelation was, yeah. um, you know, that, that's the concept there. This is a book of Revelation from God to his people saying, even though everything is crazy right now, you've lost your leaders. Um, Jesus has, has ascended 60 years prior or whatever, right? Like, uh, the, these people are being persecuted all around you. The, 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 the followers of the way are being persecuted through every institution that they are a part of. And, and you feel like you're losing your, your faith and I can't be here anymore because the fact that, like, all the leaders that, that went into developing these churches in Asia Minor are dying. They're all being uh, murdered or uh, all kinds of stuff, right? And you've got this revelation that's like, no, no, no. I'm still here. I never left. I'm not out of power. The conqueror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, realize that, that I, I won't lose. This will end with me victorious. And if you are on my side, you are victorious as well. You call yourself one of my children and work within my kingdom. And you call me your king and your God. And you fly my flag daily. And you, you take on my identity and your identity and who you are because of who I called you to be. You are victorious through these circumstances. It doesn't matter who's being killed. It doesn't matter who's dying. It doesn't matter if you don't see me or you see the effects of, of, of all kinds of things persecuting and coming down on what you think I've created. It's not... It's not at risk, and nor are you. Hold fast in who I am and who you are because of what I tell you, and realize that I'm Yahweh, I'm king, I will not move, and I will not fail. I'm undefeated, and so are you. I think we, have, I think we struggle with, um, like, because we always say, you, you know, King Jesus, right? And, like, our, our modern thought process of a king <laughs> is sovereign over a land, right? And so... Um, if, if if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. That like God is always on His throne, and like half your brain will go, well, then He can't be anywhere else. Because, but like it, King Yahweh, wherever He goes, the throne goes with Him. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's almost ridiculous to think that there's a permanent He's got throne wheels. attached to His butt. <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, it's yeah, a flying like, carpet thing. Like as as Yahweh goes, so goes the kingdom. He right. goes, it goes wherever He goes. And so like the thought that 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 God is always on His throne. Um, lends itself to think that God doesn't move, and like that's yeah. the exact opposite of what happens. Right, everywhere God goes, the throne goes too. Yeah, everywhere yeah. Yahweh goes is where the kingdom is. Yeah, and so like uh, we miss that a little bit. I, I think I just I, I lose thought of that. Like as soon as I think of King Yahweh, I think he sits on his throne and it's big and it's huge Way out there, and people yeah. come to him, and then that's it. You know, but like um, it's a shallow thought because like if 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 Yahweh decides to get up out of the glass throne room and go walking in Spain, the throne goes, the angels go with him. Everything goes with him. It goes with him wherever he goes, right? And so, like, he can't escape it. And he and 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 it's always it's always omniscient and following him. And it's it's a permanent of of whatever he is and wherever he's at. And he's all places. And yeah, I, actually, I think you should when you see the word um, uh, heaven about half the time in scripture, I think you should think of it that same way. Actually, yeah, like it's it's where God resides and it goes right. where he goes. It's God's space. So when heaven becomes yeah right when 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 heaven and, and earth are the same. Uh, it, it's it's because God's space has become our space. Like yeah, we yeah. are in the same space. Yeah, your Ezekiel, kingdom come is a movement. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel <laughs> says, "I've seen the glory of the Lord, the pre presence of the glory of the Lord." And, and that that Hebrew word it means a weight. It's a heaviness to it. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it was a felt thing. It wasn't a well. That's cool. I mean, well, they'll talk about UFOs someday. It was like <laughs> there was a weight to it. That's right. The same weight that's described over the covenant, Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on Mount uh, Zion or no. Horeb. 
Where, where, where's I the just, Ten Commandments? I just threw them out. I just there. went blank. Oh, Sinai. 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 There we go. I was going to say, it's Sinai. Not, yeah, it's like an easy one. That's <laughs> like a big horror. Freshman class. Anyway. <laughs> we're, we're, we're yelling at all the others' mounts. Horror. Not Rushmore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's the same idea. You know, that his, that his weight is there. And, and it, he's here. He's here right, right. now in yeah. this room. He's here. Yep. We don't always feel that weight, but it's there, you know. And, and yeah, we, we, we get I, lost you on know, little things. Here's the thing is, um, all right, put this in the butt of a guy who's, who's largely not impacted by this. Like, this is the time... Generally, where you tell guys like me to shut up? You don't know. Uh, so, Booba, you tell me whether this hits on Ben shut up type of territory. But, like, one of the things that I think runs in f- for, for situations like this is that the stuff we, we are anxious of tend to be the wrong markers. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth of it, right? Like, no one wants to feel like their income is at risk. No one wants to feel like they, they don't have control of their own full destiny um, we would much prefer to not believe that there will be a circumstance that we're not prepared for down the pipe. America. I, I, yeah, I get it. And, and, and foundationally, like, that's a lot of what our country is built upon. Like, can I control enough of my stuff that I can keep danger at bay? Right. Right? And so, but, but like, what, what's at risk and the things that we get anxious of are the wrong things. And, like, I'm, I'm not sure there's not a... I'm not sure there's not a goodness to the to a purification of the things that we're actually worried about. So, like, if we take what we're saying and say, look, I know my breath is not guaranteed, um, my money is not guaranteed, my job is not guaranteed, that people like me, uh, that the world, things that are way out of my control, like tornadoes and floods and viruses, uh, whatever, that, that are beyond me could otherwise come for me and my family. I can't control any of that stuff. Uh, and I'm worried about it. But, like, my worry didn't add an ounce to it. Uh, but it also didn't take God off the throne. He was still good. He is still faithful. I am still faithful to him. And so the other markers, although relevant to your human experience, uh, and frankly things of which other humans, especially ones who aren't impacted by the experience the same way, have have very much the opportunity to step in, um, which I think, as far as I know, the fellows in this room have um, recognized that we're not impacted and haven't been impacted the same way that other people that are close to us have. Um, but like, I, it's, it's. I think refinement is okay. So do you? Th- I mean, think about it this way. Like, um, some of the things, like especially when it comes to anxiety, um, anxiety is generally a thought process where you like you are feel nervous about things that you can't control, right? Or or what's what, what do we always talk about? Where like. Um, things wouldn't be disappointing to you if you hadn't already assumed that they were going to go the opposite. Right, way. you had an expectation. Right, you that. had an expectation. Yeah. Right, and so like there's, it's almost a two pronged attack because like if you hit this with too big of a bat, you miss the nuance here. But like some of the things like anxiety and depression and stuff, some of them are chemical imbalances. They're 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 a brain issue. They're a body functioning issue, and they certainly need uh, guidance and addressment uh, in that area. Some of that. You can retrain your brain to look at life right. how God designed it to be, right? If you didn't expect that you were going to have a pillow in your bed, you wouldn't be mad when there was not one. You would not think it to be the worst thing ever. If you didn't like, I am owed this pillow, I am owed a 70-degree house, I am owed a car that runs, I am owed a shirt that fits. Ah, You know what I'm saying? And, and, and here's the thing. I don't know that the Bible's not – it's not – the Bible is not written to give you the perspective that we currently have, that you are right. owed all these things. Right. The th- God speaks to all this stuff, right? <laughs> the truths of what, of what is guaranteed to you. And what is guaranteed to you is, is, is grace and love and acceptance in a kingdom uh, through no merit of your own. 
That is what's guaranteed to you. Everything else is an expectation that you're setting up. And so, like, sometimes it's very hard to meet people that have uh, legit um, brain chemical issues and not shove them in with people who have ridiculous expectations of things that they're not promised, right? And they could, you could literally flush your entire life down the toilet being disappointed in the things that you thought you were owed, right? And you missed out on complete joy if you would let go of some of those things that that you're owed, so that I, you believe to be owed. I was going to give you an example that popped in my head, and this is so shallow and dumb, I'm embarrassed to say it out loud, but to this today. So I work, I work from home, uh, and so I, I went out at like 11 o'clock. I'd been on meetings all morning, and I thought, I'm going to go make me like a thing of coffee. I got a, like a French press. I make one coffee cup at a time. So I go out there, and like the dishes are, f- I mean, the sink is full, full of dishes, and I can't rinse my, uh, the French press thing out. To make more coffee. Yeah. And I was incensed. <laughs> Embarrassingly so. What's wrong with these I, people? I walked out and like, <laughs> and like, I looked at it and I go, I can't make my coffee because I can't rinse this out because the stupid sink is full of dishes. And like immediately my brain, I thought to myself, this is dumb. Like my wife, my, we still do, we're doing school. We always do school. Kids school all the time. And so they're busy. And so I thought to myself, I'm just going to wa- I'm going to wash these dishes. Uh, so that it'll clean the sink out, it'll get the dishes in the dishwasher. Great! And so I, I, I recognized it was dumb, and I changed my attitude, and I started to do it. And then I was making a lot of noise, and my wife goes, "Hey, we're trying to watch a a, a video for school. <laughs> <laughs> trying to watch a video for school. You're making a lot of noise in there." And my goodwill went out the window. <laughs> I acted like a gorilla. I go. Uh, sorry, I know you wish to watch your video. I wish I was doing my work like I was supposed to, but I'm having to put these dishes away. And I knew it right in my brain's going, why? Why are you doing right. this? Shut up, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> you should shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> but, 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 but what it made me think of is when you're saying, like, it was a ridiculous expectation that, like, oh, I am owed to be able to make my coffee a however quick rinse I on the French press. <laughs> yeah, there should be an open space in the sink because it presumes that someone else has otherwise paved the way and made it for me. But and like it seems so shallow, but even even at a macro level and even on important things, guys, that is actually what we do. We go, this thing should be for me. Uh, I expect them to forgive all student loans because it would benefit me. Forget the fact that there's th- th- uh, literally a hundred thousands of people who do ser- student loan servicing who are out of work because you just got all your loans forgiven. Do you understand what I'm saying? Forget those right. people. Yeah, right. Right. You're done. I don't care about you. I don't care about your lawyers, your marketing, or the people, the real estate mm-hmm. companies who receive rent from those guys. The fact that they let me stay at this school for four years and didn't kick me out when I wasn't paying. Right. Right. <laughs> I, and I, 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 look, I get it. I get it. I'm still carrying the same exact student loan debt I was ten years ago because I handled myself irresponsibly. I'm just now making progress. Right. But I've owed the same dollar amount for a long time. This would be a great boon to me, but I'm not asking for it. I'm not sure I wouldn't take it. Just don't don't put put it on the notes. <laughs> Woo! I'm just not expecting. I'm it. just but, but, so but, we should be fine. But that's the thing is like if you look at the world and your expectations are um, one entirely focused on yourself. I expect oh I expect my job to be here tomorrow. Now I'm planning for it. I'm living as if it will be. But like I'm not sure that I have any grounds like to be to expect that my job will be there tomorrow. Like they could my company could reasonably go. You know what? We don't need this service anymore. You're I find this discussion very convicting. I, I, I feel like I do this on multiple levels, multiple times a day. And I'd like to think I'm a better man than I am, but I'm not. No, oh, we're all selfish. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I, mean, we just are. I mean, and here's Dupinu, the thing. He's mostly selfish. I, yeah. I was going to say, 
Especially. <laughs> especially opinions. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if you were to look back, on these are the things that the Lord has listened to me whine for years right. of the things at night as I pray. And he goes, boy, I can't wait till you're about 38. And then you review your day and realize how much of a self-centered boobathon you are. And then, and, and like, and, hold and, up, did that was that boobathon? No, <laughs> no, it was boobathon. Okay. But it, boobathon is fitting as well. Yeah, that works. I like yeah. that better. Yeah, a three-tier booba. Sure, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, it, it, it's hard to take in to realize that you are so. That you're so self-centered. Like, where you think, like, especially you'll get times in your life where you're making, you think you're making progress. I'm not sinning a ton. I maybe not, <laughs> I might be not, I'm not as bad as I used to be, right? I feel like I'm not down on my knees decrying every decision I ever made. I can get through most days without committing any major, you know, infractions. Uh, I still will do an occasional thing that I'm embarrassed of, and me and God are working on that. We're in our working stage where we're, we'll progress through things. I don't hide from them anymore, but we're just working on it, you know? And only to realize that, like, you've completely blinded yourself to the log uh, of crappiness that you, like, it's a completely self-centered, if, if I was to be in the same situation as Buva, uh, I would be a wreck. I would be an absolute wreck, right? Like, I have a, I, I have, I have a household that I run, and if my job was to the point where, where I couldn't work because I wasn't listed as an essential dude or whatever, uh, I would be absolutely a mess. So, but you've been there though. Like, remember, like it didn't, you got um, there was a, like a, a big string of layoffs uh, in the construction industry. Oh yeah, yeah, it happened. Like, yeah, you've been there. Well, I yeah, I suppose I wasn't that big of a mess. But like, I, I didn't have any kids at the time. Well, I did have kids. Yeah, no, I had both kids. Holy cow! Okay, I, I made say, it you through. Had, you had both kids. Yeah, and figured it out. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I wanted out of it. I was. I was. Right. I, I didn't think it was the best. Like that's the thing, and like that's a reasonable perspective, right? This isn't the best. <laughs> I don't, this is not yeah. what I would choose. I mean, <laughs> it's not like I put a sword on the wall and see how many times I can run into it. You know what I'm saying? I don't love it here. Uh, Glad but, you didn't do that. But at the end of the day, um, I, my perspective was: I this I knew this was a possibility. I've taken a bunch of steps to make sure it never happens again. Mm-hmm. And if it happens again, I, then that's I think maybe that's the thing is I knew it was possible when it happened to me, say, circa ten years ago. Um, I knew it was in the cards. If if it were to happen to me because of an, a, a thing that I can't control, say a pandemic slash everybody nobody can go go to work deal, um, and my and I had to start watching my house payment be in trouble and us not have food, yeah, I'd be in the same straits as everybody else. I don't know that I would take it in as as much you know humor humor and comedy as I am right now. I'd probably it'd probably be weighing a little bit heavier on me. Um, it's it's not, and so I'm go- I can't feign it. I'm not gonna fake it like it is, but like. Uh, I, I could definitely see perspectives coming from that way, but, but, but they would all be expectations that were unrealistic. Well, right. I, mean, I think that goes to Buva's point, right? Is that like it's um, it's it's a it's a refining, right? Like that we should that we should at least our, our best to fight for the right balance. And I do mean right. it's a fight. It's, it's this is not just something that you're gonna like. There's a reason that the that the Psalms are what they are. That the, <laughs> that the Bible needs to remind you of these things, right? Because it's a, you you are fighting a very human perspective. But like when when the, when the sun sets, um. What we expect from life should align with what otherwise Yahweh promises from life. Everything outside of that point, um, like I just, if if our bundle of worry is on things that otherwise aren't part of that package, like it, it might be, it might be all right to let them go. It, it might be all right to say, look, I, I, this is too big for me. Like that's actually one of the things that continues. God continues to work in my life is is the the bucket of things that I think are my responsibility, as opposed to saying, God, this is too big. 
This is too big. We talked talk recently about the um, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, right? Like, the, the, the disciples had just come back, at least in, in the, way, the way that Luke tells this, the disciples had just come back from having healed and brought the message of the kingdom, okay, in Luke 9. Uh, so they're, they're out, and they share the message, and they've been able to heal people. Jesus said, go out and do this, and they did it. And they come back, and so they know that God will support them with the work that he's, that he's told them to do. So uh, they, they, they go out, and uh, 5,000, at least men, maybe more, women and children, follow them out there. Uh, and Jesus goes and talks to them, and they stay out late. And the disciple goes, hey, man, you got to let them out of here because they're going to get hungry, and they need a place to stay. And Jesus looks at them and goes, you feed them. Right? A task that they have been given, uh, and their first reaction was, we can't. We got five loaves, two fish. We can't do it. What was their first reaction supposed to be? Yes, Lord. God, you, what are we going to do to feed him? Ah, yes, right? <laughs> like the punt is to say when you're faced with a problem that, is of, that only God can solve, the first thing you do is to enact God, is to mm-hmm. reach out to him. Like the worst thing you can possibly do is go, is go boy, 5,000 people need fed. All we got is five loaves and two fish. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yes, you've just taken on a bucket worry that will never resolve itself because it is a situation that is bigger than you. I will submit to you this pandemic is bigger than you. I, I will probably submit to some of some situations that your ability to find a job might be bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Not all of you. Some of you might. Like, I remember, Mike, again, it's a slightly different situation, but Mike got laid off. Like, I remember you were, you were like, hust- knocking on doors trying to find people who you can do electrical work for. I took on three jobs. Yeah. I wasn't qualified for none of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I mean, sometimes there's options. For a lot of them, there aren't. Like, the, where you normally pick up jobs at restaurants and car washes and stuff, like, it ain't, it ain't there. So, like, some of that's bigger than you. you then, then it's not yours to carry. Like, you got, we got to recognize God's, our human-level stuff, our faithfulness is only faithfulness to what God has called us to do. Most of the time, they're God-level problems. If I want someone to know Jesus, I have to stop thinking, Lord, how will I do it? How will I talk to them? What will I say? How, how will I set this thing up so that they will be convinced? What video should I send them, right? What a sweet invitation with God, though. What are we going to do? Yeah, that's yeah. the right reaction. Right? We're in this together. I'm, I'm waiting for your lead on this one. Yeah. But, like, what, what, what are we going to do? do? Tell me. Help me. Help me understand what we're going to do. So I think that it, it, it's... It's important for us to recognize that, the, and you guys already kind of said this. There's absolutely people that the anxiety and the and the, the the fear of stuff comes from either chemical imbalances or just straight trauma, like people that that did not have the opportunity to develop that kind of self actualization in any of this, and you know their their upbringing, their childhood, their their past uh, things that have happened to them, kind of make it impossible for them to work through that stuff. We recognize that, and that's a whole different story, um, but. I think to, a, a takeaway from this is, especially if you're someone that, that, that calls Christ your king, is, is recognize that anxiety and these worries and things like that are not for you. They're just not. We recognize that, that the worries that we have, the anxiety that exists, uh, these debilitating thought processes that make it seem like this is an unimaginable amount of things that we can't get through, right? Those are all completely dissolved in, in a trusting and faithful relationship with your God. Understanding that, that, that God is in control and strong enough to fix all of this and loves you enough to do so. 
Now, again, about expectations, it may not be the way that you an- anticipate that it's going to work. Almost never is. It never. Almost, yeah, exactly. It almost <laughs> never is. If, if you're hearing what I'm saying right now and you're thinking, oh, yes, yes, I'm emboldened because God's going to give me this amazing job yeah. and I'm going to keep my house or I'm going I'm to keep all this stuff. Nothing's going to change and he's going he's gonna to save me and keep me comfortable. You are hearing me incorrectly. God does not promise you any of that. What he does, though, is he will, he will take care of you how he sees fit. And your job is to follow after him and strive to be in, in step with him, understanding that his will is the best that it could possibly be for you. And so if he's going to take care of you, allow him to do it the way that he is going to. Destroy your expectations. Destroy your thought processes of what is good, what is just, what is right, because you are none of those things and therefore can't have that correctly in scope. Trust him to cover you and to take care of you. You may lose things in the process. Okay. All you need is him. That's what you hold on to. You recognize that you can only be identified in your relationship with him and doing his will for his kingdom that you are blessed enough to be a part of you know and i think that i think that thought process ties into what we were talking about just a little bit earlier which is outside influences uh even if you can get that right in your head there will be a constant pressure for people trying to get you to worry about stuff absolutely right and so like i mean just find a simple praise for like like hey uh, the 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 news says hey you should worry and you're like i don't want (laughs) to i don't want (laughs) to i'm not gonna i don't want to do that hey hey, i'll stop spraying hairspray into the air but like other than that I'm not going down every night worrying about global warming. Right. That's the thing is that, like, there's there's just a constant, and this isn't blindness. It's not ignorance into the world. It just says, hey, hey, I'm an outside influence. I want you to take on a weight that you know it doesn't belong to you. <laughs> and, you got, and, like, it's the hardest. It gets easier. It gets easier over time. You just got to practice it. Hey, you should worry about this. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but this thing's going on. And, like, maybe this thing is, maybe this, hey, we think the stock market's going to crash in, in 30 days. I don't want to worry about that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> right. to. Tell me what happened in 30 days, and I'll say whether yeah. you're right or not. Seems like it's out of my It'll control. It'll be a great day. You know? <laughs> like, uh, so, like, actually, it's weird. It happened in micro ways as I've been doing kind of that small amount of investing. Like, like I'll, read, I'll read an article and be like, hey, this, this dude thinks the stock market's going to crash. And I thought, I don't know if I think that. And some guy said, hey, it's going to go up this much. I'm like, I don't know if I think that either. But, like, it's just like I don't have to be. Think of who we're inv- – we've talked about this a lot. But, like, th- think about who you're, in, who you're giving access to change your life, right? Who are you giving permission to say you should start worrying about this? I've, I remember it made me think of um, some explanations Booba's given him about people giving him relationship advice in his life, and you're like, <laughs> "Boy, I'm just you know, hey, I want to give you advice. No, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm gonna listen. To I, I don't think I'm gonna take that. There's literally nothing that shows your life is a good example to go off of for right. me to listen to your relationship advice. So. I, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna skip, and so and that's <laughs> that's the thing. It's okay. I'm I'm good, bro. I I, I don't need it. I'm not gonna take that in. Uh, and and think of the news as a friendly guy you saw on the street. Hey, 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 hey! You should pay attention to this. No, no, not gonna yeah. do it. Here's the deal. Put your worry, put your worry through the filter of what would God's reaction to that be. Just just seriously, I know that seems ridiculous at at, at a certain level, but like. <laughs> That somebody, is awesome. Somebody tells me, hey, man, do you realize what's going on like right now? Like, there's like 15 new cases in Iowa. You should be worried. Hey, God, creator of the entire universe that has not left control in any situation ever, has seen 
all of this from beginning to end and knows all of it and still proclaims that he's victorious. Am, am I worried about this? Is that, is this yeah, the, no, no, you're good. Okay, cool. Thanks, God. Appreciate that. God, the market's going to crash. Eh, <laughs> exactly. I'm a, I'm a municipal God, bond. I'm, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I hold blue chips. God, I'm not worried about I'm this. I'm really worried about my sense of security within my income. Is that something I should worry about? Hey, you know I have control of all money and things ever, right? Yeah. Hey, you know how I love you and I'm your father and I'm going to take care of you? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. All remember right. how I said Thanks, the mountains Dad. come down to flatland and the curvy, <laughs> the curvy road gets straight on? Right? This is what I do. These are the things I'm concerned <laughs> with. You still have to walk the path, but I'm certainly not going to add mountains in. Right. That's exactly what we're talking yes. about. People try to get you all fired up about things that you can't do nothing about. Yep. Hey, why don't you put another mountain in your way? That way you can walk over the top of it and be worried about it the whole time. No. I, well, like, just I read the wanna, end of Job every time you want to figure this out. <laughs> just be reminded of who God is as he calls himself just straight up chastising Job. So I was just thinking about Job while we were talking about this. <laughs> and if, if he had the reactions that we are prescribing, <laughs> it would be super weird. Like, Job, all your animals have been killed. Good. One less animal to feed. Good. <laughs> this is fine. All right. Hey, Job, all your children have died. Well, that's kind of disappointing, but, uh, you know, I expected them to live, so that's my fault. Right? <laughs> that seems odd. <laughs> and so, like, the things that you're saying, like, you can't be taking them in black and white context, right? Right. Because that's not what we're talking about. But I, th- I think if you if you use Job as the, as the example, right, like, when, when, when Job was breaking down, he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on this planet and have to deal with the boils and the, the, everything that I've lost, whatever. And, like, I, you know, I, I used to think, Job, you, you're, you're breaking. You're cracking, buddy. You know, you were so soft. And I'm like, who do I think I am? Right, exactly. I would have broke after the animals died. <laughs> you know, right. I would have been done. I Where's lost, this crazy lightning I, coming from? I would have lost one camel and been like, man, yeah. this is awful. This is just, <laughs> I, I cannot take anymore, you know? And so, oh, like. Man. I, I think at the end of the day, like, there is so much legit stuff, heartbreaking, weighty things to worry about. Stuff that is well worth your time to worry about. That's right. People, uh, your relationship with families, your relationship with their relationship with God. And when I'm talking about you worried about it, I'm talking about you praying about it. Right. Not talking about you sitting in a room, fetal rocking, crying, trying to scheme up a plan on how you're going to pamphlet them to Jesus or, like, browbeat them or yell at them <laughs> or encourage them to, into Jesus. Like, that's not if, – if, if God has that design that way, then great. Then you and him will do that together. If he does not, then it is not meant for you to wallow and sit in your despair. That is, that is not what you're built for. And, and, and you are doing two things there at once. You are wasting the time that God's given you, and you're also trying to take his throne away from him. It's his to handle, and you're stealing it and trying to put one cheek on the throne while he's turning the other direction. Be like, I will handle the salvation of other people. <laughs> you won't. You will do what God asks you to do. Uh-huh. God has, God has a, a heart and a desire for the people around you, uh, the people around him, the people that aren't around him, to know him. And if you submit yourself to the things that he's doing, man, you are going to get involved in some cool stuff. If you <laughs> su- try to submit God to the things that you're doing, you are going to be mightily disappointed. <laughs> it's, it's, it, even with you, we were talking about that example about uh, uh, people not putting mountains in your way. Like, it's, it's even that, like, you have the, I think, go back to your expectations. Uh, I expected there to be no mountains. Like, I, I'm, pr- I'm, not, I'm not confident that God, like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that like, you, you show up and, like, you find this unexpected thing and Yahweh goes, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, can, I knew that was going to be there. Go ahead. <laughs> like, like, yeah, but there's a mountain. I'm, I'm aware. I, I scaled a lot of them and gave out law. Like, what, I mean, <laughs> tell me it, that's not something you would like to, like, like a, a cooler version of yourself that walks up out of the car and then all of a sudden there's a giant mountain in front of you. And without any shock or surprise, you go, looks like a mountain climbing today. Yeah. And here we go. This right? Is- <laughs> you're not you're not shaken or stirred. You're not downtrodden or defeated. You're like, well, all right, here we go. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, hey, I got up this morning like, oh, we're out of oats, man. I was planning on breakfast. No oats. 
Well, I mean, what am I going to do? Looks like omelet day. Look, yeah. <laughs> or, or nothing. Or nothing. I, I mean, I'm good. I, that, that's the thing because, like, again, I, what did I, my core didn't change. The core of who I am, what I believe, right. what I'm capable of doing didn't alter. And so the thing I couldn't control was that there's a mountain right in front of me. Right? Like, I can't do anything about that. That's out of my realm. So it's like, I can pray it. I can say, God, move the mountain, if you will. Uh, or give me the strength to climb it. Yep. Bend mountain stays. Yeah. Okay, right. good. God, can I have the strength to climb it? Yes. Okay, great. Head up. Great. <laughs> because like that's the thing is that like for all the for all the accepting of the world it's so weird. We 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 are easily sheeped into things where we just accept the world around us and we go. Except for we, there's a whole bucket of reactions that refuses to accept the world around us and wants to fight it in our own mind. Like we're going to battle it in there. <laughs> like we're going to say, look, if I just hold tight and worry about it, it will be different as opposed to saying, well, I mean, what am I going to, like, I can't, if I need to go in the Menards and they require the mask, like, I mean, I can stomp and throw a fit and go to Lowe's, but I, I don't know if I want to go to Lowe's. I'll just give them the dollar. Do, All right. So in that, that wrong uh, rambling conversation, Booba, you had something. Did we touch on it or like, what oh, else? Oh, no. Okay. Hit, <laughs> All right. Hit me, hit me up with it. Of course not. Um, so I, I suppose um, I, I'm, I'm going to say this story with as much anonymity as I can because it's not meant to be. Uh, hurtful to anybody. Um, it's just it's just where I'm at, right? And so last week I kind of talked about uh, the Lord had kept bringing up opportunities for me to pray for my enemies, right? And uh, I prayed for a couple people, and it was weird that like I'd never really had that before. And then randomly it starts ramping up over a couple weeks that I need to start really praying for enemies, and like things keep getting brought up in my life that are people that are hurting people. And like my, my pre Jesus Booba thought process. And it's, it's, it's more psychological than anything is, Oh man, I want to beat up people that hurt other people. I get all big machismo about it. Right. But like in the last couple of weeks, I've, I've fought through that and kind of eliminated my pride in those moments and eliminated my, my brain in that. And, and just thought to myself, I really need to take a step back and recognize that there's nothing I can do against this person. Nor should I want to, and what I really should be doing is praying for them to find Christ, because that is the ultimate retribution in this story. That is the ultimate fix in this story, is if these people that are hurting people are hurting themselves, whatever kind of situation you're talking about, finding Christ for them is an amazing end to that story. And it's something that he can take and, and make so powerful hit for his kingdom, and I love that thought process. And so that happened a couple times in the last couple of weeks where I'm just like, I got to take a step back because I'm hearing these stories about awful things. Let's just pray. Let's pray about this. And my fiance is usually the one who I'm doing this with. We'll, we'll be on the phone and we'll just be like, hey, this, this crappy, crazy thing is happening. Let's take a step back and let's pray for that person. Let's pray for them to find Jesus truthfully and, and realistically in their life in a way that the Holy Spirit comes and takes a hold of their heart and changes them. Sanctification completely all kinds of stuff right and so that was that was interesting and, and i commented last week and i said it's it's gearing up for something because like i feel like when god gives me these kind of things that are 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 opportunities for me to grow it's usually like a, a training ground or a proving ground that's like hey take the time now to get good at this because something big's about to hit uh something big's about to hurt right and so um Praying for enemies the last couple of weeks, trying to figure out where that was going to end. And this weekend hit like like a, a, a train. Um, I had a family member that uh, um, hurt me pretty bad. Uh, I, I'd probably say the worst that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, I'm not going to go super far into detail because the, 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 the kingdom stuff is not really in the detail of the hurt. But just for a little context, um, I was told that I was the reason my parents are dead. 
um, that because I was fat and lazy and uh, uh, was worrisome, uh, I'm the reason that my mom and dad died because they didn't either want to stay around for me because I wasn't worth it or I caused them so much stress that they ended up dying. Okay, so that was one of the big things. I was also told to go kill myself um, in a couple different violent ways and that the world would be better off without me um, and that people would be better off without me. Whatever, right? And so that hurt quite a bit, actually. Um, I-, I told you guys earlier that, like, this has been a super traumatic experience for me over the last couple months because, like, my network has been kind of shut down and, like, my my way of, of communicating with people uh, ha- has been kind of halted. And so it, it hit hard. It hit really hard. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I- I'm in tears. I'm, like, hyperventilating, crying so hard because, like, it hurt my feelings. Like, it hurt my heart. Um and then I get in my car and I drive away and I'm, I'm thinking stupid stuff, but I didn't, uh, what I ended up doing was I called my fiance. It's like one o'clock in the morning for her. And I called her crying my eyes out, barely able to get a sentence out. And I just said, I told her the whole story and, and, and said, I, I just, I think it's a good idea if we pray. And she goes, absolutely. And I'm like, can I pray? And she goes, yeah, and I'll pray too. And I said, great. Sounds good, baby. Awesome. And my, my brain immediately goes to, okay, I'm going to pray for peace for me in this situation, all this different stuff, and I'm going to pray for, for God to kind of just comfort my heart and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but then it hits me. I'm just like, I need to pray for my family member because what just happened was evil. Like it just straight up was. Whether that's manifested through trauma or through hurt or through anxiety or through drugs or through alcohol or whatever, there is just, there is evil present that cannot stand and, and it has to go. And so instead of this, this Lord comfort me prayer, I, I went on the offensive. <laughs> like I went straight on the offensive for the kingdom. And it was so weird for me because like uh, the first couple of minutes didn't even feel like my words. If you've ever felt that way in a prayer, but like it was just kind of just pouring out of me and I was just sitting there. I'm just like, what does this life look like transformed in Christ? What does, what, does, what does it look like for this person if God can take this hurt and this pain and this trauma and all these things and flip it around and heal it, take care of it, and flip it for his glory, 100% for his glory? And that's what I started praying. I'm like, God, I just want you to be glorified through this situation, through this pain, through healing of that. There is joy on the other side of this when we recognize that even this, even all this junk and all this sin and all this hurt and pain and stabbing feelings, all of this can be flipped to be for your good because you can heal it. You are strong enough to cover it. This is not scary to you. You are not intimidated by the amount of pain here. This is the kind of situation that only you can heal. Only you have the power to, to hold and to, to break this. And like, I mean, I'm praying for 30 minutes straight that I'm just like, I'm, I'm pouring my heart onto this and I'm bawling my eyes out and I can barely see, barely speak. I'm like hyperventilating through this and it was crazy. But like by the end of it, my identity wasn't hurt. It just wasn't. Like I didn't need this, this, these long prayers of God cover my heart, God cover uh, you know, you know, my peace and, and, and comfort me. I didn't need that in that moment because my identity was rooted well enough to where instead of having to do this wallowing thing where I was like, oh, Lord, please just cover me and help me. This is hurtful. Blah, blah, blah. 
I went on the offensive and I was like, no, 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 I need to pray for that person and recognize that they're hurting and they're in pain and, and you are the only one that fixes this. And it was such a weird thing for me because six months ago, I couldn't have done that. I could not have done I, A month ago, I probably would have had difficulty doing that. Uh, a month ago, I would have been in a rough spot and I probably wouldn't have called my fiance. Um, a year ago, I probably wouldn't have talked to anyone for three weeks. And that's just truth and honesty. I would have shut down and, and run away from that and tried to fix it myself. And instead, I was able to remind myself. I mean, there's a couple minutes where it was rough, but like pretty quickly, I was able to remind myself of what my identity is and the fact that I don't have to worry about what other people say because God's got me. He calls me his son, and he calls me worthy through the sacrifice that his son made on the cross. I'm covered through sin and through the sacrifice of the lamb. I've covered completely through his love for me. Uh, How dare anyone else try to come to me and try and berate and belittle me for who I am when God, the creator of this entire universe and and, and our rock, Lord Almighty, looks at me and goes, I love you and, and you're my son. And you have identity in that. You, you identified the correct victim. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. so thankful that I was able to look at that and go, all right, God, you got me. I'm not worried about me. I need to think about this person. And while it's fresh, I'm going on the offensive. I'm attacking. I, I'm using what I know that, that God gives me power through him to be able to do so. And I'm, I'm straight up rebuking this stuff. Like, you know what? If this is I, – I try not to call upon this, especially not on the show too much, but I'm like, if this is demon stuff – in the name of Jesus, you're gone. You do not have power here. You do not have control here. You tremble at that name because you cannot stand in the glory of my king. Okay? And if it's just people being people and there's some evil in that, even so, you do not stand in the power and glory of my God. You are gone. You are out of here. And I, I, I call you out and I say, you got to leave. And I, I'm just praying for, for my family member. And, like, it was such a weird experience. And it, it just made me afterwards it was it was a rough night still like it didn't fix it and i'm I'm not trying to advocate that like just pray about it and then everything will go away because i think that's kind of cheap and disingenuous um it still hurt and it still sucked but like i'm okay it's it's a day and a half later and i'm sitting here at the show laughing and i mean i think the guys that have been doing this show for a long time can remember if i got hurt like that before i was gone for a year (laughs) like i wouldn't i wouldn't show up again and i'd show back up 100 pounds heavier and uh and not having talked to anybody for months because I hated myself and all this different stuff. But I'm good. I'm okay. I spent the day today praying for him. And uh, I talked to my fiance. We're going to continually pray for that. And we're trying to figure out ways to fix this kind of thing because I recognize that there's hurt there and there's pain there. And there's an opportunity for God to show who he is through that situation. And I told John on the phone, I was like, what an amazing testimony this will be when God redeems him. What, what an amazing story this will be in his life when God grabs all of this, tramples the sin, tramples the pain and the hurt, and wraps him in nothing but comfort and joy and truth. Because that's what this stems from, is untrue things and lies. It is lies about who he is. It is lies about his worth. It is lies about who cares about him and who's abandoned him. It's all lies. God is truth incarnate. He brings that in entirety because that battles that kind of stuff. And I've been praying for nothing but truth 
to be abounding in his life because that's where God shines. And I think it's going to be such an amazing story when God grabs his heart, pulls him towards the kingdom, and then he can turn around and go to other people that are, are festering with lies and festering with pain. And he can look at them and go, I was exactly where you were. I have been destructive. I have been hurt. I have hurt people. And God grabbed me, completely reformed my heart, pulled me towards him, and now I follow the one true king, and I will constantly speak of his name and his glory forever. And I am so excited to see that day where I get to walk with him in that. And it's been crazy. And it's been a friggin' amazing couple of days because of the fact that I have hope in that. And there's, there's hope in that grace, and there's hope in that mercy, and there's hope in that truth that I recognize that God is a God of peace and it is perfectly, it, it is perfectly able to be taken care of and God is strong enough to do it. Boy, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's crazy to watch God prepare you for something and to watch it pay off. And like it seems like when we talk about it, well, the risk we run is it seems like an easy road. Oh, God will God won't give you more than you can handle, or if He does, He will be there to help you. Uh, and even if that's true, right? That He will be. Like we just we talked about that earlier, right? God sized things. You got to kick them up to God. They're God's to handle. They can't be yours. Um, it doesn't mean that that like there isn't a human interaction with with a with a fallen world with painful circumstances with with the notion of evil um and that god wants that confronted and he wants you as his representative on earth to confront it um and to be but to do that in a way that otherwise like calls back to where the true power is and like um it's cool to see it and it's a real blessing to recognize it right cuz like you could easily have gone through that situation and not in fact, people probably have gone through situations like that and like they didn't recognize the real power in being able to turn and pray that your enemies would be blessed mm-hmm. and, to pl- and to pray um, that God's mercy and forgiveness would be a gift that they would recognize and accept wholly. And so it's, it's, it's a real, it's hard to see it at the, in the moment, um, but to even have, even have people... <laughs> Um, who who would treat someone that way um, to recognize the blessing that exists for their redemption is it's a changed heart. It takes a changed heart to see it. It takes a changed heart to recognize it for a blessing, and it's very human to miss it. And it's very gracious of God to provide it so that you don't miss it. And so I think that's um, it's, it's there's kind of a triple blessing in there from a situation of which there is no sense of joy in at all, right? In which in which seems very dark, um, and had the impact of being very rough. Um, there's actually a lot of, of of good in there, and God has has allowed you to see it. And I think that's great. That's very cool. Hmm. All right. Hey, maybe um, you know, we don't uh, we generally have you use the the complaint line to vote on bacon and stuff. But like, um, if you've had a story like that, like it'd be so cool. Like we talked about, it's just just God's people can be encouraged by hearing what God is doing in his people. So um, if maybe that's something you'd be willing to share, we would love to be able to hear it. Uh, the Life from Path, uh, Bob Eisenhower, Life from Path complete line is 515-517-0085. And you can call and leave a message or that's we can accept text. So either one, 515-517-0085. 
Uh, hey, also, I mean, if it's if this is more your style and you want to um, hit us with a DM on Instagram or something, um, mm. you know, we we can at least be be praying with you, um, praying for that person that you're um, uh, that you're praying for. We'd be, love to be able to join you in that. Um, you can also get us on Venmo at Mike Foost, <laughs> uh, LFTP, Venmo dot com, or uh, any other ways. I accept PayPal directly. <laughs> We'll actually be holding our first annual Boovathon here soon. Also, uh, if you want to call in, Mike hey. will be answering those calls exclusively. You know, yeah, I'm gonna put a. That's a great idea. I'm gonna put a donate now button on the website. How do you for get no, a Venmo handle? You, well, you just, you sign, just up sign up for Venmo. Venmo. Yeah. You think Mike Foose is already taken? Yeah. Every time I've tried to get an email, the, that Mike Foose from Wisconsin that works at the at the dump <laughs> has taken everything. That's why I love my name. I've never run into any situation where my name was already taken. Hey. I, this is my favorite thing we ever did in youth group. We got to wrap this show up. This is barn burner. But like favorite thing I ever did, I was trying to say like the like what makes it, defines a person is not is not what they look like or their name even, but like what their story is. Right when Yahweh is trying to introduce himself as as, as God to the people of Israel, is like I, I'm. That's why he said I'm I'm the God of Israel. Like when he, when he introduced himself, uh, he said I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the whatever. Like because the name doesn't matter as much as the story that comes with it. And so like I I found three Mike Foos on social media. There was me, German Mike Foost, who, man, he was just mad at the world. He hated everybody. And then the Wisconsin uh, Mike Foost, who's taken all my email addresses. And, like, uh, man, the kids just thought they, they, they took the picture of German Mike Foost and carried it around with them for a year and a half. Every time I'd come to youth group, they'd bust out German Mike Foost, and they would use him to disapprove of something I've said. German <laughs> Mike Foost hates that. And That's then they'd phenomenal. show this picture of this angry Mike Foost from Germany. That's amazing. The last time I did interactive stuff at youth group because you turned it against me real fast. <laughs> yeah, my so there was I got added to a, a Facebook group once. Uh, so my my real last name is Ingledinger, not Buva. Um, and I got added People to call you Buva Buva. What did you re- say? Your real last name is Ingledinger, not Buva. Yes. What's your first name? <laughs> John. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Go ahead. That's Sorry. right. Yes. Continue. Um, and so I got added to a Facebook group probably. I mean, ten years ago, uh, there was a bunch of German people with the last name Ingeldinger, and it was it was hosted by this gal named Natalie. She was Natalie Ingeldinger, and she was a German fashion uh, designer. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, whatever. And so she invited me to a show once. Like she was like, you should come out to to Berlin to one of my shows. And I'm just like, cool. I'm 19 and broke, but whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll fly to Germany and make this work. And so she sent me this this link to go and, and like buy tickets to it, right? And it turns out that she was uh, she, she was a fashion designer for like S and M. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> and I was I was way too young to have any idea what that stuff was. And so like I'm like, cool, what's this? And I start scrolling through like the collection that she was like putting out, and I'm like, immediately, oh. nope. This Inc. is this is not for me, Natalie. Yeah. I don't think I'm in the right place, and I I exit out of it. And I never talk to her again because I'm just like I don't really know how to how to go from here, and I don't know if I want to. So I'm just going to leave. The Ingeldingers are a salty bunch. Yeah, apparently so. In wow. in in Berlin, it's just a crazy bunch. Huh. That's how it happens. It cracked me up, and I, we we had had probably like four inter- interactions and in conversation to where like she had messaged me something all in German. I took it and translated it through Google Translate, and then I said did the same thing in English and sent it to her. Um, and she did it too, and it was like four blurbs of communication, and then it was the invite, and then after that, I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to continue this uh, this online relationship with my long lost seventh cousin twice removed, Natalie. Nope, got to go, got to go. All right, Mike, we got a bucket of advice. We got time for one. No, no, you don't have one. No, you got to wrap this. I'm telling you, Ben, it's a barn burner. 
You got to wrap this thing does that, up. Does that mean it's long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, barns that burn for a long time. I wasn't. I wasn't. Ready. I thought that might be what it was, but I wasn't 100 percent certain. Yeah, if that's if you said, I thought you were saying like it's really good. No, I also thought uh-uh. my, maybe it's the connotation of it's a good show. Nope. I'm getting the itchies sitting over here. I feel like I've lived here. I've been here like six hours. I'm sorry, know. you were the one who was yelling at me about hygiene an hour ago, and now you're getting the itchies sitting in a stool. Yeah, I've t- I've just tell you, I'm getting full of the wiggles. I just can't, I can't sit in this chair no more. I don't know. It's, we got to go. Opinion? You, what do you think? You're a father. Time to go. <laughs> Yeah, he says time to go. <laughs> He's tired it's of this. Ridiculous. <laughs> ben, are, ben, are you any closer to being ready? No, no. I thought I had a full advice. Thing. Did you look at the clock? Look at that, Ben. What's that say? <laughs> time means nothing to me. An hour and a half. When I speak an of the hour Lord, and a half, I, we talked about COVID for an hour and a half. I, I, I picked up a mask today. No, here's the deal. No, see, Boom is going to get on a tear again, and we're no. going to be here for an hour forty five minutes. You have been in. You have been a part of me uh, t- doing sermons and stuff. You know, time means nothing to me no, when the Lord true. is on the table. No, that's true. <laughs> All right, fine. Hey, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. That's uh, you were listening to live from the path. No. Uh, you hit us up on the li- the uh, Bob Eisenhower complete line. Hit us up on the You don't know how much I use that time of the advice <laughs> to try to prepare my mind for leaving the show. The Bob Eisenhower live from the path complaint line is five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's right. That's right. Hey, and also feel free to leave a review of the show. Uh, I mean, just be honest. I can't make you give it the five stars. Be, give it a two or whatever you like. 515-517-0085 for the complaint line. And leave a review on your favorite podcasting app uh, as a warning to those uh, <laughs> uh, who might otherwise click on the link. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, do that. All right. In the meantime, be faithful means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.